Here goes. Welcome back to the Constitutionals Podcast. I'm your host, Chad White. If you didn't know, this is the premiere podcast for the website, cpluscomedy.com. Like I just said, it's a website. Go there. Here we are, episode 178. Uh, sitting out in the world today, coming from the back of you. from <laughs> Coming from the back of you? <laughs> coming from the back of the Kia. Uh, hold on, I'm typing down the title. Is that the fastest title? That I've ever had in this uh, stupid show. Anyway, coming from the back of the Kia. Enjoying the great outdoors. A nice balmy 63 degrees is what Garmin is saying. I'm looking around because I am technically at work. (laughs) Uh, I knew I was going to do this today. I knew I was going to record outside of the home. Mostly. and and (laughs) And if you are hearing me coming from both your left and right ear or speaker... People listen to podcasts in the car. If you're hearing me switch sides, it's because I am, since I am recording outside of the home, I'm just recording straight to the Zoom microphone, not the video, uh, not the uh, subpar video conferencing <laughs> app. Uh, and uh, I am using the stereoscopic mics, I guess. Be- I was, as Right before I started up the show, uh, I was going to do the um, binaural mic. Where it is called the other mic that comes with the the zoom, and it is being used as a counterbalance. I wish you could see the system I have set up here. I've got a scissor jack, and I left my stand inside that that holds the phone usually. And I knew I was going to do it outside, but I forgot the stand. I have the scissor jack propping up, ill-advised propping up the case for the, the Pelican case for the zoom. Excuse me, the hard shell case. And then on in that the my Pixel Two XL that uh, is my on the go camera is is being used as the front cam. And so this is truly if I move the everything will fall. I think I, I've seen the case shift <laughs> at least once. I can't laugh too hard, which is fine because this comedy show is uh, not very funny at all. I am in a shaded area. I can see the sun, even though it is cloudy outside. The sun is shining on one side of the parking lot and I'm on the shady side. This is also a side where people for some reason cross through. There's a there's a patch, not even a patch. There's a hill over there that I think there's an apartment complex or an office building of some sort where people just I see all the time walk through. So if you see somebody behind me, truly if I was going to get murdered, this would be a perfect time to murder me because I'm not watching that back side of me. So let's get moving. We got some stuff. Uh, I'm still using Notion for some ungodly reason uh, to, to, to bring up the notes. This comes from Variety, written by Shirley Zhu. J. Cole's Dreamville Expands launches content studio with key hires. So you see Dreamville Records is J. Cole's um, record label. And they do some good work. A lot of it is they shoot some, but and and you know most 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 studios most record companies do this, but they shoot most modern ones do this. They shoot uh, behind the scenes video of their of their artists, and so the Dreamville artists 
who I refuse to name, Boz, Galad, I don't know, Khalid, and the others, the rest. They, they, and there's a lot of good, a lot of good behind the scenes video, particularly from Dreamville, um, where oh, I have a package out for delivery. Mm-hmm. Yes, I participate in Amazon Prime Day. Yes, I finally, finally bought a uh, a water pick. Yes, I'm excited to use it tonight. That's all I got. I didn't get anything else. I wanted to, but I didn't. I didn't have any money. Uh, but now, these record companies, because they have such good videography, they often expand into different avenues of uh, money making. So with these two new hires, which includes Damian Scott uh, and Candace Rodney, this is going to create a lot of stuff for the uh, socials. It's going to be music, obviously, television, film, Publishing apparel, live events. There's a Dreamville Festival. Hmm. Didn't know that existed. So uh, we'll see what happens with this uh, in the coming year or so. Um, usually when you see new hires like this, I think, I tend to think that it's just going to be uh, involving uh, video. But it's more than video. Because they're a music company. It's more than video. It's a big, they, got, they got stuff to do. Now, speaking of music, this comes from Chris Eggerston over at Billboard. Spotify now allowing creators to package podcasts with music. Further licensing not required. So this is huge. So usually if you have if you have a big podcast, if you make money off your podcast and you want to use some type of music, you have to pay license fees. Same thing for uh, TV shows, for movies, for YouTube videos. You have to pay license fees. If you're making money off of something got to make license you have to pay licensing fees and these depending on the size of the company and depending on the size of the project uh, and depending on the person these can be you know hundreds of dollars thousands of dollars what have you for one song like if you think about um even for parodies uh if the parody if the parody closely resembles the song there is an episode of of uh 30 rock where we're one. I mean, that show is so gag heavy. But there's one uh, scene uh, right before uh, you know Alec Baldwin's uh, Jack Donaghy shows up at Liz Lemon's apartment. She sings a parody of uh, Oh God, is it Night Shift? Anyway, she calls it Night Cheese, and she and her version is uh, was apparently so close to the original song that. Uh, they that Thirty Rock had to pay thousands. Well, NBC Universal had to pay thousands of dollars uh, to the uh, God, and I'm blanking. I was literally thinking about this yesterday, uh, apropos of nothing. So I don't know why I can't remember the singer or, <laughs> and I was quoting it yesterday. That's why I was thinking about it. Anyway, get, to get to the story, Spotify is now allowing uh, those who use Anchor, for instance the podcast creation platform to allow to play music. And so a, 
assuming I'm assuming that they're they're going to um, pay the fees themselves, license fees themselves. However, they're already on priority, so we'll see what happens with that. It's being what's billed as a new type of audio experience. Oh, so it already started. So you can merge talk segments with complete unedited music tracks in, quote, one harmonious listening experience. Listeners can interact with the featured music as they normally would by liking, saving, and getting more information about a track without leaving the show page or searching the song manually. So just imagine you if you use Spotify as your means of podcasting, which I don't know why you would, but it's probably the easiest thing for you, then this means that you'll you're going to, you know, you're li- uh, you're listening to uh an episode of uh Song Exploder, which is a podcast I didn't know existed until this week. You're listening to Song Exploder. I'm not subscribed. I'm I'm done subscribing to podcasts. If you hear a, uh, well, uh, there's a helicopter going over. But if you hear, is that a spider? Oh, my God. Okay, well, get the, get out of here. Its web was caught on on top of the door, and it was blowing in the wind. And it was trying to climb up it as if it was going to come inside. And I think I knocked it to the ground. We'll see what happens when Future Chad is driving this car <laughs> in a couple of days and he forgot that he did this episode <laughs> from the back and there's a spider back here anyway. Uh, but if you listen to Song Exploder and and they're talking about a song, you know, Don't Stop Now by Dua Lipa. Uh, and they play that song in Spotify, like in, in you listen to it in the Spotify app, then, you know, they're talking about a song and they're playing the song. Boom. Songs right there. Or you know, actually, I'm sorry, I'm 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 mucking this up. It's uh, if someone uses it as an interlude, or if they play you know parts of the song, um, like if like on Never Not Funny, for instance, sometimes they play songs, and uh, and not as like transitions or anything, but like they'll say, ah, oh, what was the name of that song? And they'll play the song, and then they'll listen to it for like a couple of seconds. Uh, but now, you know, they could integrate that into the Spotify RSS feed and allow for people to you know click on the song and stuff and i think that's a it's a genius move that's not uh i won't say genius but it's it's a genius move on their part uh because spotify wants to be that all-in-one place where you get your audio uh and while a lot of people including especially myself think it's a muddied experience um it's just it's so much going on in that app and they tried to they tried to break off spotify before use and they still and they still have it uh they have a uh, an app a separate app called stations where it's just the spotify radio stations uh and uh, and my th- and my thought is who would use that who what person goes i i like spotify so much but just using the app because because even when you have because even the app when you connect it to a bluetooth car module it turns into a a, a car a, a, a car app and you can still use it but who's thinking like who who says like ah, i can't, the app is just so convoluted that i need just the radio stations when i'm driving like who has a separate i don't under i, I can't understand why somebody would have that but you know to each their own uh so this is a this is a smart move on their part just to have that um 
That's vertical integration right there. Get out of here. Jesus, these bugs. <laughs> vertical integration. I put in an application for a cat adoption, and I was told that the cat has a lot of adoptions on it. It's a, it's a fairly popular cat. Uh, so I put in another application for another cat. So I'm waiting. I'm supposed to be interviewed for the first cat. So ho- hopefully I get that one because that one's uh, $25. But <laughs> hopefully I get that one. Yeah. And <laughs> and that'd be great. I wonder, and it, it makes me think uh, in regards to the Spotify thing, if, you know, Apple, they broke off podcasts into its own app years ago. Um I don't even know if it was in the. I think it was in the music app, but that. But they broke it off, so now it's just Apple Podcasts and Apple Music. I wonder if it is if this is catching their attention and they're they're being able to go. I wonder if we should put in apps back into Apple or podcasts back in Apple Music. I mean, and Google broke off Google Podcasts from Play Music, which is now YouTube Music. So they, yeah. I mean, this is a special thing for 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 Spotify for sure. I mean, and then also Spotify has, you know, they have new shows coming out, uh, which I could, and for fully licensed talk shows, they have more talk shows coming. I mean, I truly don't care about uh, subscribing to more podcasts, but if you, uh, a lot of these podcasts are only on Spotify. Like Joe Rogan's podcast is only going to be on Spotify, um, and I and again, I think that's a bad a bad thing for podcasts in general is to have uh you can only get podcasts for on one platform but whatever uh i i'm but i i do i do like that feature like if there is a show outside of spotify that can upload their rss feed to the to the thing and like if i play a song on here i would not do that because <sighs> i don't make money from this podcast <laughs> let's move along <laughs> And we're back. Okay. Uh, if I'm a smart man, what I did was I cut out the last three minutes of this show. But I doubt I'm a smart man. <laughs> if I'm not a lazy man. What I cut out is uh, just three minutes of unprofessionalness. The camera fell. It's because I'm out here in, this, in the car recording the show. I want to... You know, I... I thought... Because I couldn't record the show last night. The day this comes out is a Friday. Friday, October 16th, 2020. Uh, normally I record, I do my best to record in my, in my apartment. Uh, but thir- the, the night, usually record on Thursday nights. Thursday happened to be a very busy day. And I just couldn't do it. I had, I had, to, I had two video chats. And I just couldn't record a show. So I thought, you know what? Record in the car? That's my backup. And then uh, I'm at work, and I'm going, all right, time to record a podcast. And I come downstairs. And about... a. and this is, I'm mean, working in a building where I can't use the stairs to go up. I have to use elevators to go up. So I hit the stairwell, and then uh, I hit the. I go out the front door, or I go out the, the side door of the building, and I'm, I'm feeling in my hands. I have the iPad. I have the Pelican case for the hard the hard case for the Zoom, 
And I go, crap, I left the phone stand. <laughs> and I just didn't want to go back upstairs. So that'd be, that'd be five whole minutes out of this show that I couldn't provide. And instead, I gave you a two-minute story. <laughs> so there you have it. Now I got to deal with <laughs> propping this thing up. Having a horrible angle. It's fine. Let's keep going. The story I started to read <laughs> when this fell over. This comes from Ars Technica, written by Kyle Orland. Microsoft will give GameStop a share of Xbox's digital revenues. Now, this is something I just grabbed this morning uh, right before the gym, so I didn't even, you know, I, was, I wasn't even paying attention. I was just like, all right, got to do this. GameStop was not going to share in the lifetime digital sales revenue, including for full game downloads, DLC, and subscription plans for any Xbox console sold through its stores. The first sign of the new revenue-sharing arrangement actually came somewhat hidden in a press release GameStop issued last week, trumpeting a, quote, multi-year strategic partnership with Microsoft. That announcement focused heavily on GameStop agreeing to use Microsoft's cloud-based infrastructure for its back-end sales systems and a deal for store associates to start using Microsoft Surface tablets going forward. And then buried at the bottom of that release... This is the quote. GameStop and Microsoft will both benefit from the customer acquisition and lifetime revenue value of each gamer brought into the Xbox ecosystem. That's great. We don't know exactly how much. How much this is going to uh, help out GameStop. Now, obviously, it's going to help out GameStop. And GameStop's been struggling. But this is going to be a big deal for them. It could be there's an estimated 10% of all digital revenues for those consoles. I shared that uh, this analyst says, quote, materially could be quite large, especially as time goes on. There's some other stuff, uh, but GameStop has, you know, not been doing too hot in terms of retail. Um, They do have some decent sales every now and then, but it's... You know, just reading the, looking at the uh, details now, I don't. I, I we knew that there was gonna that GameStop is using Microsoft's X Cloud stuff. X, yeah, X, it's, it's, it's X Cloud. My that GameStop's using their cloud stuff for Microsoft, um, and you know, I don't know quite what to think of this deal. It's, I think it's it's a it's a good move for both of them. Uh, it ensures GameStop's somewhat a, a somewhat stable future. They're still going to close down a bunch of stores, but they also plan on opening up new ones. Uh, and then they and then they're in the middle of a remodel, you know, turning it into a gaming lounge slash retail center, and and in lieu of just a retail place. Uh, and, you know, what was it? A couple of years ago, they started traditionally offering more um, vintage hardware and software uh, for the same prices as when they came out, which baffles me. (laughs) But GameStop is... Because, you know, because I don't know much about GameStop as a company. Uh, And there there is a News Time episode that I have had planned for about a year now or a year or so uh, in regards to GameStop. Maybe I'll do it 
for E3 next year. <laughs> yeah, maybe 21, 2021 will be the last year of news time. Uh, neither Microsoft nor GameStop are talking about the deal much. And, of course, they're not going to give away how much money is going anywhere. But this, uh, but maybe this was this is going to help out bring out further promotions. Uh, sometimes, you know, when you they uh, GameStop has like trading deals for new consoles. So, if you want to trade in your PS4 to get a P, or excuse me, a PS3 to get a PS4, that was a deal for a long time. And same thing for 360, Xbox One, and they would give you like two hundred dollars up to like two or three hundred dollars, depending on the size of your PS3 or your Xbox 360, uh, or the version rather. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, a $500 console, you're getting two, $300 off already. That immediately takes, you know, that's a, that's a great deal. So maybe, you know, in the future we'll have, uh, I mean, maybe it'll be easier to buy games. Maybe the back end of Microsoft's technology is going to make it easier for people when they go on the website to see what games are in stock. Maybe it's going to make it easier for uh digital sales to be to be a little bit cheaper as opposed to you know because you know in the microsoft store uh in playstation uh store you get and nintendo store you there's deals all the time there's deals every single week um but what if this opens up for those deals to not only be purchased on the xbox store but also to be purchased on the gamestop store uh what if this what if uh, you get your discount? What if you subscribe to Game Pass Ultimate, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, and you get, there's a woman taking a walk. Uh, oh, she's stopping, and she's going to continue walking. You better keep walking, lady. My, see, the building I work at, we're in, we're in Buckhead, Atlanta, and it is very urban, suburban. Uh, meaning that there are apartments around, but it's still largely uh, a city vibe. This is, and it's and it's the rich part of Buckhead. How, however, we do have a lot of land here at the office. We have two buildings there, and uh, and people like to take walks, which is nice. Walks around the property, um, but you're still in the parking lot. <laughs> Just want to let you know. So. We'll see uh, what happens there. The company stock price jumped up 92% in the last 30 days and a whopping 379% from its 2020 low point in early April. So, good for them. Oh, this is something, <laughs> this is a very short thing I want to talk about. Uh, this is from Todd Spangler over at Variety. Bon Appetit rebuilds video slate with eight new chefs following wave of protest re- resignation. Now, I don't want to get too into it. But uh, Bon Appetit, the magazine and uh, YouTube channel owned by Conde Nast, the magazine turned YouTube channel, <laughs> but still magazine owned by Conde Nast, uh, is uh, earlier this summer there were uh, there were some uh, the the editor got in trouble because he had brown face on, uh, but not like brown face from like you know. 20 30 years ago was brownface from like less than 10 <laughs> bad which brownface is bad in the first place but doing it uh within the aughts come on 
So he had a brown face on, and then uh, one of the, uh, I think she's Indian, Indian uh, chefs slash editors at the at the periodical, uh, she denounced him, and then everybody at the periodical denounced him, and then he resigned, and then there was some other race stuff that was brought up. Basically, brown people and uh, women. Now let's just say brown people. Brown people... <laughs> Because I don't know if white women were mistreated there. But brown people were paid less, significantly less, than their white cohorts. For Especially for pairing on the video, the video side, uh, which is immensely popular. Well, which was immensely popular. So, and Conde Nast did nothing about it. Uh, they just offered the, you know, uh, one or two of the brown people more money. And then, you know, basically trying to pay them off to be quiet. You know, half of the famous video faces quit, and so now they're bringing in new uh, video faces. And guess what? They're all brown. <laughs> I can't tell you. And so, the, and this is so. This is one of the biggest issues I have with. Uh, you know, I'm I'm so glad and grateful that something. Sorry, I had to check the time on the <laughs> the microphone. <laughs> I did it in the middle of a thought. I don't know why. I'm glad and grateful that uh, some things were brought to light when it comes when it came to uh, you know protesting of uh, of police killing black people and and all this you know what I've been calling civil upheaval of the past couple of months. So glad all this stuff is happening. However, there's an overreaction uh, on the part of the the white people and you know the quote unquote white people in charge. Uh, where they think that, you know, in response, you know, they hear they hear like uh, black women are the most mistreated uh, and underrepresented ever of all, like in the world of people in the, in the world. And then, you know, everything they, then, you know, they have all these open spots, all these companies have these open spots and they only hire black women, uh, you know, just because black women are misrepresented. That doesn't mean, you know. Uh, Asian women and uh, and Asian men and uh, and Latino men and you know trans people like it's like it's it's like it's one category or it's no category <laughs> and it really it stinks so when it came to the, the the people that they hired which I have nothing against these these people but they only hired you know they hired like a bunch of black people uh, but that's not they they have like what one Indian person looks like and one maybe latino person but i don't know i think they're missing the point is what's the problem one queer person like it's it just come on or person who identifies as queer i don't know these rules so it's basically a reboot uh and they have and and they three of the original hosts are still there uh but i think five left five or six they had a lot they had a lot of hosts there and a lot of editors there they're editors first they're chefs and editors first um. Uh. Yeah. The blue. The blow up happened in June. So. Yeah. Anyway, the new senior editor is Don Davis, or the whatever her CEO. I don't know what she is. What is she? E. Uh. There's a guy just going at a tree. Always oh, uh blowing a what you call it. You know, leaf blower. I was gonna say a wind blower. Don Davis is the senior editor, I guess. Yeah. So, and the executive editor is an Indian woman. I was going to say girl, because she looks to be my age. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
So this is, I mean, good for them. Good for them for trying. Um, but it's a little too little too late because the YouTube channel went dark. I, I mean, the videos are still up there, but people just stopped watching. Um, I know I stopped watching and I unsubscribed and I stopped caring. And then this happened. And then you start, you start paying attention again. Uh, and it just, it seemed tone deaf. They have, they have, they already have like two videos up with them explaining, um, you know, like, Hey, we're back. But they didn't mention, you know, why they were gone. It was, it was all like a lot of cursory stuff. You know, it was all, my leg is falling asleep the way I'm sitting. Um, it's all, it was all stuff like, uh, along the lines of, Oh, we there's been a lot of change in america (laughs) you know people of color and queer people they need representation (laughs) and that's how it's been versus you know a long conversation where they need to sit down and go uh hey and even though it's a cooking channel even though it's a cooking youtube channel a cooking magazine uh they they're not sitting down to go hey it was real effed up what happened um and this is what happened. We're sorry this happened. And here's how we're going to make it better. Instead of, uh, you know, oh, look at this. We got brown people. <laughs> we're brown now. <laughs> That's a better title than what I wrote down earlier. What's the other title? Coming from the back of you. I like we're brown now. I'm going to go with that. I'll write that down. We're. <laughs> See, this is what happens when uh, when you're able to be out here and uh, be all loosey-goosey. Let's keep going. This is about half an hour long. It's half an hour too long. So I mean, I'm I'm obviously I'm done. I'm not gonna. I don't care. Um, I've got I. There's a, there's other cooking things, and I just like them for the personalities and the cooking. But uh, I wish everybody there the best. It's not. It's not. It's Conde Nast. I have a problem with. Oh, here she comes. Oh, this lady's coming back. She better not come over near this car. <laughs> Lady, I'm recording the podcast. Yeah, you better walk away. I want to know. I see this lady out here uh, periodically. She's on the phone. She says she can't hear me. But she's wearing leggings right now. So did she change into those? And she's getting her walk in? Or did she wear those to work? Now, we are in an office building. And I tend to wear... Uh, and I know we're, I know I'm in television, but I tend to, I tend to you know, wear clothes. What I'm saying is a lot of the guys <laughs> that I work with wear shorts <laughs> to work. I think that's inappropriate in an office building. I do. I do. <laughs> Mad men since uh, uh, mentality. Everybody needs to wear a three-piece suit. Like the report of the week. I was just watching one of his videos. Everybody needs to wear one of those three ill-fitting three-piece suits. <laughs> I love that guy. He's a great guy. Go check out Report of the Week if you want to see somebody eat fast food and review it and not scream. It's very important to me. This comes from The Atlantic, written by Caitlin Tiffany, called Twitter Goofed It. Now, this is very important uh, that we get a handle on this, and you've probably heard this story already, and I, and uh, we need to understand what's going on here. The New York Post... Came, well, okay, let's, let's start backwards. 2016... <laughs> We got a very bad president and uh, journalism has already been on the bubble and, uh, you know, some of it's good, some of it's bad. But in recent years, it's just been a a more of a mixed bag. And uh, in that, you know, some of it's dubbed fake. Um, 
or unreliable and unreliable news is getting out there and uh it's a shame i just saw her go into the woods maybe she took a piss i just saw her go into the woods and then come out and it's been like two minutes that is so strange i don't know what she did as long as she doesn't bother me she probably you know she's probably on the phone like oh this guy's recording a podcast i wonder if it's a comedy entertainment business news podcast Anyway, uh, but journalism has, has uh, journalism's changed, and it's and it's and I wouldn't say for the better. I mean, there's a lot more access and a lot more. There's a lot of better storytelling, but it's been a lot of it's editorialized, and uh, you just don't know if it's if it's true or not. And people don't seem to care, you know, unless it's said it's untrue. Then you know, it happens. It happens. So the New York Post published a, a very just salacious story uh, that included screenshots of emails allegedly copied from a hard drive that could possibly have belonged to Hunter Biden. Uh, now, the New York Post, ob- obviously already not a reputable um, publication. Uh, there were holes in the reporting they uh the post never really confirmed anything that happened but it doesn't matter because the president's goons ran with it you know Giuliani Donald Trump Jr uh Kaylee McEnany they all ran with it uh and Twitter decided to just uh they filed uh to just uh excuse me to just whenever that tweet or the link was posted to just ban or suspend the Twitter profiles that were doing it. Twitter temporarily blocked a link to a government website run by the Republicans of the House Judiciary Committee where the story had been posted. Then the ban was lifted. And a Twitter spokesperson said, and they said the decision was made in error. But Donald Trump Jr. tweeted that the ban constituted, quote, clear election interference. This has nothing to do with the... Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. Do I just not have to move? (laughs) The camera fell. And I want you to know how much trouble I'm having right now. What if I just went home and re-recorded this podcast? All right. I mean, this is fine. Whatever. Who cares? Nobody watches watches the show anyway. A lot of listens, though. Thank you for listening. <laughs> he said he looked at the camera. So, one of the things, one of the big problems with the with the uh, the the quick banning and then unbanning uh, of the link is that um, someone just said yo. One of the things I assume it's the construction people over there or the leaf people, leaf people. One of the things is that uh, there have been, again, from one side, from one type of person, from one person particularly in charge of the United States, sadly, uh, saying that there is conservative bias, anti-conservative bias over there on uh, social platforms, mainly Twitter, which is untrue. But with them, uh, you know, moving so quick. I mean, it's <laughs> this is just such a such a complicated story. Uh, 
whenever whenever Twitter, you know, uh, blocks these types of uh, things that are obviously untrue, then the re- Republicans say it's uh, and this is not a political show, but where the pro- Republicans say that they're being uh, fought against. But then um, when when uh, but when they don't do anything, then, you know, it's, it's like a catch 22, you know, and I'm sure smarter people can to can explain this. But Twitter is allowed to censor what it wants. Uh, and they I mean, they can block, you know, whatever URL they want. But. Uh, Twitter, Twitter's unclear of, of its rules because sometimes they block some stuff, sometimes they don't. Uh, and it's funny because you think everybody, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, Facebook's bad, Facebook's bad," but then you know, things happen on the other sites. All social media is bad. Maybe we should just undo social media. Twitter's made real strides. Caitlin writes to become a safer and more useful website. But the company's choice to ban one link without a prompt, coherent explanation, cheapens that progress. They have to be, their rules have to be, uh, if they're going to be strict, be strict. If you're going to force something, just force it. But you can't be wishy-washy on everything. I think that's what they're getting at. Okay, this final, what in the world? Oh, oh, it's a CNBC link. Is this the final one? This can't be the last story. It is. Thank God. This has been going over a minute. 41 minutes to be exact. This comes from CNBC, written by Sarah Witten. Disney says its primary focus. The reason why I freaked out was because I I pressed the link and it opened up the CNBC app on my iPad. That never really happens. Disney says its primary focus for entertaining is streaming, announces a major reorg. Sarah Witten over at CNBC. The pandemic has really changed the way uh, media is made and consumed for better or for worse. It's really pushed, um, you know, movie theaters and companies and studios, uh, music like to really to really think like, hey, do we need to have a concert? Do musicians really need to tour? Uh, Which is yes, because that's how they make their money. That and, and apparel. Do uh, do theaters need to exist? Yes. Uh, and and by that, a bug just flew by my eye. <laughs> yes, theaters need to uh, theaters need to exist. Um. However, with you know, tenant not performing very well and no time to die and uh, uh, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, Black Widow, just a whole bunch of tentpole movies being pushed back into next year or just being released on streaming services um, companies are you know really coming to a reckoning with should we just release movies on streaming services the especially the streaming services that we have I just saw a bird <laughs> no big deal uh, so Universal you know they want to do they teamed up with AMC after you know a, a whole a, like a week of uh of strife going back and forth with uh, the ability to release movies, I think six weeks after they premiere in theaters onto their streaming platforms. Um, and that's, and you know, trolls world tour immediately, like as soon as it 
left theaters. It hit uh, Peacock and Hulu um, and Amazon, I believe. Uh, more recently, speaking of Amazon, God, what's it called? Coming to America 2 uh, was sold by Universal to, or Paramount. Was it Paramount or Universal? One of those. I think it might have been Paramount. To uh, Amazon Studios, and it's going to premiere on there. Borat, the second Borat movie, is going to Amazon. I, but I assume that they own that already. Um, so now Disney, uh, which and, and so Netflix has been beating this drum for years. Uh, but there are dissenters like uh, Christopher Nolan, who obviously want a tenant in theaters and not on a streaming service, uh, or the, those who go to the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, my package arrived at Fetch, so I will schedule for them to deliver it tonight. <laughs> Just want you to know what my emails I get. Uh, but, you know, Cannes Film Festival, the organizers there in France, they they say that your movie, in order for it to be included in their festival, which is one of the biggest festivals, in the, which is one of the best festivals in the world, too, including for film and television, uh, it needs to be in theaters for 90 days. Uh, it needs to have a release plan. And, you, you know, that's why... Even though they didn't want to, uh, Netflix went and bought a couple of theaters so that they could, you know, release these things, you know, movies like The Irishman or Roma and just be able or Oakja, which was the real big problem, so that they'd be able to have. You never remember Oakja, did you? <laughs> so the baby, they they'd be able to have, uh, they'd be able to say, hey, we released a movie, you know, for you know six weeks. Uh, so here it is, it's in theaters and now, and then and then in six weeks you can watch it on Netflix. Um, so, you know, and so when Netflix does that, but then, you know, you have Disney, you know, trying to get both sides of the equation. Did that woman go for one lap around the property, take a piss in the woods and then walk back into the building? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Gross. Uh, but then, you know, Disney has been pretty staunch on its stance, you know, even though they, Disney does release movies, uh, they have no problem releasing movies digitally. Uh, it has been, you know, pretty staunch going, Hey, you know, they have 40% of the, the film box office. Um, so, you know, them, it doesn't make sense for them to release movies only on digital, right? Well, uh, this pandemic is going to last for, for a long time and, uh, especially in America. But, uh, so now, under Bob Chapek, who is still getting some help from Bob Iger, they are reorganizing from being this theatrically f- and theme park focused company to a more streaming based company, which is great for, I don't even want to say it's great, it's good for consumers, great for investors, but not so good for the rest of uh, everything else. Um, yeah, for consumers, you get the movie on Disney Plus. You get to see Soul on Christmas. Uh, you get to see, you know, the right stuff, which I assume was already coming to Disney Plus. Um, but whatever, <laughs> you get to see these movies right then and there. However, in the future, when you want to see, you know, a, an original Disney film. Not a Disney Channel original movie, but an original Disney film in theaters, um, like the one with, um, you know, Tomorrowland. You know, when you want to, when you, when you, when you see something that's not going to be a franchise, 
Uh, Disney's not going to make that four theaters. They're only going to make the Black Widows. They're only going to make the Iron Mans and the, you know, the other the other things that they are meant to be monetized like that. So it's not good. You know, you don't want Netflix telling you that uh, rom coms they're meant for they're meant for streaming, uh, and in these big bombastic films, uh, you can see it in theaters. You don't want that. In order to further accelerate its direct-to-consumer strategy, the company will be centralizing its media businesses into a single organization that will be responsible for content distribution, ad sales, and Disney+. Plus. This was announced on Monday. Shares of the company jumped 5%. Sorry, I just got a Washington Post uh, notification. The move by Disney comes as the global coronavirus pandemic has crippled the theatrical business, blah, blah, blah. As of August, holy crap, Disney has 100 million paid subscribers across its streaming offerings, more than half of whom are subscribers to Disney+. Plus. So let's say comfortably 60,000 60, people, 60 million people. Wow. And I'm one of them, and I've just watched The Simpsons. Truly, I have not, except for Earth to Ned uh, and Muppets now. But other than that, I have not watched anything else. <laughs> That and The Simpsons. Uh, Chapek said the reorganization could result in some reduction of staff, but not likely at the same scale as was seen at the company's parks division last month. Uh, Disney laid off 28,000 people, 28,000 workers, because uh, the Disneyland parks were not going to be opening, reopening soon. And I think they tried to open them for a little bit, but uh, it just wasn't working out. I mean, it said they... You know, they have the all the money in the world, uh, but they choose to lay people off, furlough people, I guess is what is what they're calling it, but they're laying people off um, because they don't want to pay them. You have all the money in the world, Disney. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it sucks because, you know, they obviously are good at making things and making people happy. But when it comes to things like this, you know, they get a pass. Because they made, because uh, Wolverine can kiss Spider-Man now, you know. <laughs> Disney is becoming more reliant on Disney Plus as movie theaters have been a- unable to recover after being shuttered in March due to the outbreak. Ticket sales have been particularly lackluster at domestic cinemas since the industry attempted a large-scale reopening in late August. Uh, Alan Horn and Alan Bergman will remain in charge of the company's studios. Peter Rice will continue to head the company's general entertainment group. And James Pietro will stay as head of the company's sports content. Sounds like a lot of white dudes are in charge. <laughs> I, I'm not joking. Like that's That sounds like a lot of white dudes are in charge, which is unfortunate. Uh, so, doing, so they're doing some consolidating and some... Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's 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 tough. I understand we're in a pandemic and uh but and they they don't have a lot of revenue coming in, but Disney Plus and ESPN Plus and uh you know, viewers watching shows on ABC and people just just straight up buying your crap. I mean, you have the money. You can pay these people. You can pay for things. Uh, and it will and it'll bring your money in over ten times over. Where I mean, obviously, you know, a hundred times over is what you usually do, and that's. But ten times over is better than nothing. I don't know, Disney. 
Disney's a weird entity for me. A very, uh, it's a love-hate relationship. Hey, listen, this has been way too long. If you like what you heard here, we'll head to the website, cpluscomedy.com. We're going to see some interviews with your favorite comedians. If you want to see a video version of the show and see this camera just fall over the place all the time, head to youtube.com slash comedy, where we also post... Oh, my God. Okay, whatever. The uh, the phone just stopped. The phone just stopped. I'm going to keep going, and I freaking hopefully, you know, whatever. Hopefully it, it just, ugh. Shimmy Christmas. Uh, YouTube.com, Sleepless Comedy. See News Time premiere show where uh, I sit down and do a daily show type show, but with comedy. <laughs> Uh, with a uh, with a comedy entertainment business news in mind, uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram at Seabless Comedy. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram at Chad Black White. Like us on Facebook. Listen, and subscribe, rate, review this podcast, the Constitutionalist Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. This is the end. Goodbye of the show. Goodbye. Goodbye.